0: Leadership isn't for the faint of heart. It's dirty, dangerous, difficult, and disruptive. It will test everything about who you are. Unfortunately, as a leader, you're out front, which means you usually only get about 43 feet of good road built for those following behind you while you're running the race yourself. Welcome to the 43 Feet Podcast, where each week you'll hear from some of the greatest leaders we can find both in F3 and beyond. If you're going to lead, you'll need to be ready for the difficult challenges for what lies ahead in the unknown, for what's lurking in the next 43 Feet. Welcome back to another episode of the 43 Feet podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Dark Helmet. Uh, that's how you know me out uh, in the early morning as we work out together. And as you know, 43 Feet is a podcast that attempts to capture leadership ideas and put them forth uh, we all only get about 43 feet of good road ahead of us as leaders, uh, and we end up carving out the, what we can while we're trying to lead the guys behind us. And uh, so, we're, you know, we're trying to figure out how do we do that together. And so I'm super excited. I've been actually excited about this one for a while, uh, and he's going to give me kind of that poo-poo uh, humble thing and say, oh, come on. Um, but uh, I met uh, today's guest um, through a guy named Carmen Sandiego, his real name is Torian Richardson, um, out of uh, Naperville. And I can't remember exactly why we connected uh, now that I'm kind of searching my brain and, and maybe Rich can fill in that gap, but um, he's a former Navy SEAL and he wrote a book uh, called The Attributes. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today um, and what those attributes are, what the, the purpose of them is, and, and uh, some other interesting leadership things around that. But do, Rich, do you remember why uh, why he connected us?
1: I, yeah, I can't remember the specific reason, but um, but yeah, I don't know. It was good. I remember, yeah, I just remember zooming. I, I think Torian was here staying with me. We were just he having a yeah. visit, and um, we had a zoom. It's yeah, but it's good to be here, you know. So I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah I don't know thanks either. for having me, brother. I'm, I know. I'm glad. I'm glad you did, though. I'm <laughs> so, glad you did. Yeah. Well, it's
0: interesting because you know, and I don't know if you've uh, you're you're in the Virginia Beach area, right? I am. Yeah. And we do have some F three workouts there, and so of course I'm going to harass you and uh, and tell you you should go to an F three workout. You know, I'll I'll do that several times.
1: Sure, I'll, yeah, know. I'll I'll take it.
0: Yeah, um, but uh, I think it was simply because at the time you were your book had not been released yet, um, and uh, Torian was like, "Man, you got to meet my, you just got to meet my man Rich Diviny and and uh, and so and so here we are. So uh, I mentioned you're a, a Navy SEAL. Um, oh yeah, for, same...
1: former former Navy SEAL. I was going <laughs>
0: to ask, is it the same as like you know the 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 Marines are like, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: No, it's not the same. No, the uh, same. no. And it's, you know, so, and I don't know why, I mean, there's no, there's no right or wrong here, but uh, yeah. in the SEAL teams, there's a saying, you earn your trident every day. That's, that's huh. the thing in the SEAL teams. And so, and so I, I mean, for guys like us who spent, you know, two decades earning our trident every day, uh once you, once you leave, I am no longer earning my trident. Right. So I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to um, actually. I want to. I, I want to uplift those guys who are actually earning their Trident every day. Those are the guys who are active duty. They're the guys who have the watch, and uh, and I'm grateful to have stood the watch for as long as I did and been a part of it. Um, but no, I'm 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 no longer an Navy You plus you age out of that stuff pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, I can't. The, the right. stuff I was doing yeah. when I was in my 20s and early 30s, I am not doing anymore. So uh...
0: you don't think your body can take that anymore, Come on, <laughs> no, risk, right? No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. No. Getting out of bed is uh, sometimes hard. <laughs> uh, amen, so, brother. Yeah. So when you hit that mid 40s mark, man, it's uh, there's something uh, very uh, humbling, I guess. Yes. Really to, that's right. You know, that's like, right. Wow, I'm. I'm not a bad mother, mother anymore. You know, I it's, it's <laughs> That's not. true. It's true. <laughs> so uh, tell me, I guess, fill the guys in a little bit. And I've read a little bit. and I've obviously, I've read the book as well. Um, but uh, fill us in just a little bit on kind of your experience. How, how, you know, how did you come up? What did you, what was your specialty in the seals? Like, wh- how did you get to this point? Cause I'll be honest with you. Uh, this for guys who don't know, if you haven't read it, yet, this is a neuroscience book <laughs> is what it is. You know, <laughs> in, in part,
1: I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know, man. It's pretty, so stuff's pretty, pretty in depth. I was a psychology major in, uh, in, in college and graduate school. And, and uh, I'm like, Hey, you know, he, he did some real work to figure this stuff out. But so I guess kind of get us there though, from, how did you get in the seals what yeah. what was it that really stood out to you and how did you kind of get to this point where you wrote the book
1: yeah um well so so okay i'll try to give a a moderately short version right i mean i grew up in connecticut um wanted i grew up wanting to be a pilot my brother i have a twin brother he and i my dad was a private pilot so he used to take us flying when we were kids so we loved flying and we said well we want to fly jets you know and of course right. there were only two places that we knew we could do that was the air force or the navy Growing in Connecticut on the coast, I love the water. I love being in the water, under the water, whatever. I, I, just, I was I was a water rat. So <clears throat> so the Navy, you got to fly jets and land on boats, which is like, oh, my God, that's really cool. It's hard. You know, let's do that. So we were bent on that from the ages like six, six or seven years old. I mean, this was pre-Top Gun, by the way, pre-Top Gun, Top uh-huh. Gun only made it cooler after Top Gun came out. It was like, OK, now I know I want to do it um, now. But now everybody else wants to do it, too. That was kind of what we thought. Um, anyway, the
0: volleyball scene at the end—you were still, you were okay, still, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it's <laughs> true, yeah. Um, it was the first Gulf War, so '90s, <clears throat> when I learned about the SEALs. So it was, I was still in high school, and I was like, okay, these guys are pretty cool. Started reading about them, and ended up at uh, Purdue uh, in, a, in a Navy RTC program, and ultimately, as I was coming up to graduation, realized I I I knew I could be a pilot, but I I didn't want to ever wonder if I could be a Navy SEAL. I didn't want to look Mm -hmm. at, I don't want to be in my jet and look over the SEALs and wonder if I could have done it. So I said, you know what, this seems cool. It's, they they, they guys live and breathe in the water. I mean, it's just cool. So I'm going to try it. And so I I tried it. I applied. Luckily I got selected. And then when I got to training, I made it through training. And so that was in 96. And of course, spent five years in the teams, you know, just doing deployments. There was nothing going on. 9-11 hits and suddenly everything goes crazy. And we're, we're deploying constantly and actually doing the job that we signed up to do. Um, went to Iraq and Afghanistan several times. Um, by several, it's like it's over 10 or 11, I think, in total. Oh, wow. But, um, uh, it was though during the career, um, I was put in charge of training. Is it was like 2010 ish? I was put in charge of training for a one of our specialized commands, our, our more our kind of specialized elite commands.
0: And, 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 um, are you able to tell us kind of what that means?
1: Well, it, 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 I'll, I'll put it this way: we, it was a command where we, we, took, we took experienced guys and who, to, who applied to come to our command, and we put them through our own selection process. Uh, the, the command had its own specific mission, so we had to look for uh, we had specific training and specific things we did, and so we had to put them through a selection process. I was put in charge of that of, that, of running that selection process, a process I had already been through, obviously five or six years prior right. to, because right. I was there. Um, so, but we were still getting about fifty percent attrition, right? So, you're talking about fifty percent of the guys weren't making it through, which is fine. Every selection assessment process. Well, you, don't, you
0: don't want everybody in,
1: right? No, that's that's the whole so, point of an yeah. assessment process, right? But again, the the, the problem that, that was that existed when I took over was that we weren't able to articulate why. We were losing fifty percent, and and the and the reasons we were giving were unsatisfactory both to ourselves and to the candidates. Couldn't think just write was like, giant
0: well, wuss on the paper and then send. It
1: well, that's how you. guys felt, I'm sure, yeah. right? But I mean, I you know, you can't shoot very well, you can't do this, and it just didn't make sense. And so I was asked to to do you know, kind of dive deep and, and and see if I could articulate this better. That's when I really started to deconstruct performance. Okay, what is in fact performance? And um, I had to kind of think at that point back to. Basic seal training, which for your audience, most guys might know, but it's BUDS basic underwater demolition slash seal training. It's in San Diego, six months long. It's the it's the initial seal training right. that guys go through. That's you the thing 90, we all think of. Yeah, so yeah, I mean that's a ninety. It's about a ninety percent attrition rate in seal train. You go through Hell Week during that. I mean, right. so and Hell Week's the whole six days of of no sleep and and just insane stuff. And so. um, but when I you know, in in BUDS, I was thinking back at the time, I was like in Buds, you do you spend hundreds of hours running around with big heavy boats on your head, you spend hundreds of hours exercising with three hundred pound telephone poles and and freezing in the surf zone. <clears throat> and at that point I said, Well, I'd I'd already been on hundreds of combat missions overseas in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. Never on one did I carry a boat on my head or a telephone pole on my shoulder, right? So what they were doing <laughs> to say. us in SEAL training wasn't in fact training us at all. They weren't training us in this in the in the skills to be Navy SEALs. They were putting us into these experiences and these environments inside of which they could tease out these innate, these hidden qualities uh, to see if we had what it took to be a SEAL, right? Um, And this is where I began to make a distinction between skills and attributes and the fact that even though they get conflated all the time,
0: they're inherently different things. But at that point, I mean, had anyone done any work really to kind of codify and say, these specific things are the things we're looking for? Or these are this, or did they just kind of almost accidentally find it where it was like yeah, they, they you know,
1: this, this it, yeah. washes them out. They hadn't done it on paper, right? I mean, okay. it, this was all being done kind of intuitively, right? It was right. kind of the unconscious genius of Draper Kaufman, and you know when he first formed the first Hell Week back in the in the you know in World War II, putting together these what were then NCDUs, Naval Combat Demolition Units, right? And he basically said, "Well, I'm going to." This is a guy, Draper Coffin. He, they, they realized they needed guys who could swim into the beaches, <clears throat> find obstacles uh, that would impede the amphibious landing, to dive down on breath holds, tie up op- tie explosives onto the obstacles, blow those obstacles up, and then sometimes go into the over the beach and do some some frustration and and agitation of the enemy as well. The only thing these guys would be armed with would be swim fins, swim trunks and demolition and maybe a knife, <laughs> right? So so Draper Kaufman, he was a uh, he had previously the year prior run an, an explosive ordnance disposal school. So he had a Rolodex full of people who knew how to blow up things, right? They they had all the skills to blow things up, but he also knew that this for this particular unit he needed more than people who knew how to blow things up. He needed people who could swim across, think on their feet, adapt, uh, do things on the fly. And so we created this uh, this training. And the first week back then was Hell Week. And he said, I'm just going to create the, in- the most insane week possible and see how many guys make it through. Um, and even back then, it was about a 90% attrition rate, right? Yeah, so, no doubt. Um, so yeah, so I think ultimately, um, just to get back to the question, uh, as a as a community, as an organization, we had just been using the selection process that we had because they were so sound right they they really right. are they I mean they are they haven't changed much uh, over the, the they've gotten safer I think which is great uh, but in terms of di- in terms of difficulty they're just right. as difficult if not more so yeah, same. um and um and same thing with the selection process we were running it was a, it was a really sound process but um but we weren't no one had put any thought into kind of the reasons why guys were making it through or yeah. what we were looking for and I think I think uh, at that point, when we were able to say, "Okay, let's look at this from an attributes perspective and think about it that way," we a- we were able to really kind of expand our mind in terms of some of the depth to which we could we could look at this stuff.
0: And so, is that how it's looked at now? I mean, are the things the work that you did is it kind of being used? Uh, yeah, more, yeah. From I what mean, I'm told, it is. Book, I mean, like, in, yeah. in
1: talking to guys that both at seal training, at regular seal training, and at the at the other. uh, Uh, assessment course um, they are they are looking a lot more for the innate qualities and they're and again the the cool thing is you don't really have to change training much you just you just shift your focus right Right, but again at buds it's a little bit different because buds is filled with things that you're doing and that they make you do that have nothing to do with being a seal, right? They, they're, right. They're like when you're carrying a boat on your head, that has nothing to do with being a Navy seal, right? You will never so,
0: carry a boat on your head as a Navy seal.
1: You just won't. You, I mean, I mean, I guess, the, the, no, I don't think you would. I mean, just, you, I mean, why carry it in your head when you can just carry it like, you know, I <laughs> like mean, you can just get person. a bunch of guys and, and lift it and yeah. walk with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, so buds is, a, was a little bit more, I guess, apparent um, the training that I was, in charge of and and was putting guys through, it was really very um, skills-based, right? In other words, we were putting guys into um, training blocks that were teaching them how to do things, right, Mm -hmm. that that were to be required for the mission. Um, So it was a little bit more difficult to initially see those because you were like, well, that that person couldn't do that, what we're asking them to do, that skill we're asking them to do it took a, a shift in mindset. It's like, okay, wait a second. Why is it that that person can't do what we're asking them to do? You know, what is the reason behind that? Once you start are asking those why questions, it allowed us to start looking a little bit more deeply and start to see attributes.
0: And your desire to find why also comes, you have another kind of unique, and we didn't talk about the fact that we might talk about this, but you have a little bit of a unique thing in your background as well, where you kind of, you you studied under and, and trained with the king of why, did you not? <laughs>
1: yeah simon sinek yeah he's a good friend of mine yeah so yeah we i mean he he i i met him while i was actually running this training um when i was running this training i was doing a lot of reading because i really wanted to absorb as much as i could and if i would often if i found a book that i really liked i would try to contact the author and so I've, i've i've made actually a lot of author friends just by doing that simon was one of those people i was able to contact and I had him, I invited him out to Virginia beach to, to talk to the seals. And so we became fast friends and, and, um, and yeah, he's been, uh, and, and when I got out of the Navy, you know, I did a lot of, I did a lot of work with him and another, uh, leadership organization. So I was really involved in the whole why process. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so yeah, that was cool to kind of have that be a piece
0: as well. I was gonna say, do you think that kind of, I guess, sort of influenced some of the way that you started looking or the reasons you started looking for some of these kinds of things with being connected and Uh, why just always been this thing you've always been like what in the world is going on there
1: yeah i think i've always been that way i've always just been someone who's like what i've always asked the why questions like why is this and i've always been interested in kind of taking things down to their elemental Uh, levels uh, right let's just let's deconstruct this down to its pieces so we can figure it out what it what it is and and how it looks
0: so which which uh which of these attributes do you think is it kind of lends itself to that you got 25 different ones and i finally figured out i think the cover of the book is 25 of those little dots although i think you changed the cover (laughs) of the book too but well it depends on
1: what country you're getting the book there's it's now, oh, is that what been, it is yeah, i've been that it's, uh, it's it's in a couple different countries so the cover is different uh as in like in in england the the cover is different so oh
0: okay well the one that i that you gave me that was the the pre-copy was the red <laughs> with had the little circles on it yeah so, so, the, so that's
1: that's the, still the cover on the on the, okay, US, the u.s version, version. okay good, so, good. yeah, good.
0: yeah. So there's 25 different different attributes, and I think it was it's an interesting distinction that you make, and and we make a similar distinction in F three, and that's part of why I bring it up, right? A part of the reason we're here is we talk mm-hmm. about, you know, is leadership something you're born with, or is it something that can be taught? Yeah, and the answer is yes, right?
1: I I, I say the answer is neither.
0: Ah, <laughs>
1: even better. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Le- I, what I say is leaders are neither born, uh, nor. Um, or leadership is neither, you're neither born with, lead, or how do I put it? Leaders are neither born nor are they taught, they are chosen, okay? Um, and the mm-hmm. reason why I say that is because uh, leadership is not a position, leadership is a behavior. This is a problem we run into, people conflate being in charge with being a leader, and they're not the same thing. One one is a noun, one is a verb. Um, right. Anybody can be in charge, right? You can right. be. We put just in call charge. those managers. Yeah. Well, you can also you can also self designate. You're not allowed to self designate as a leader. You can't call yourself a leader, right? It'd be like calling yourself good looking or funny, right? Other people. Wait, I can't do that. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah, you can't do that either. either. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's other people who decide whether or not you are someone right. they want to follow, right? Um, yeah. And, it's done, and that decision is based on how you behave, um, and so <clears throat> and so leadership is 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 a series of behaviors. Those behaviors stem from some of these attributes, which I talk about in the book, right? Um, but, uh, but that's a real thing. I mean, we, we get tied up a lot of times with leadership and the word leader because it's used as a noun so often. And when you use it as a noun, it's like in front, right? That, that's the, that the leader right. of the pack. Like, right. I mean, the this is where physical, physical activity gets us all mixed up because the leader of the race is the person who's in front, right? That's not how it goes when you're leading people, okay? Because oftentimes the best leaders are not in front at all. They're actually in the back and they're pushing yeah. and they're inspiring and they're supporting, right? That's well, what the and, best leaders and
0: do. And we've noticed too, is we do, because uh, we, we do these idiot things called grow rucks, um, where we do, it's a, you know, it's uh, you're, you're familiar with go Rock and kind of their deal yeah. and, the, and the events and the 12 hours and all that kind of stuff. So we'll do a similar kind of thing. We'll combine it with some classroom stuff uh, as you know, part of what happens during the day. But we find also, and, and I would be interested in your thoughts on this, The the leader uh, often is in the back and then in the middle, mm-hmm. every once in a while in the front, then right. In the back again, and then kind of in the end, and we find that that a real leader is constantly moving is wherever
1: is wherever he or she needs to be.
0: Yeah. At any yeah, given and the at moment. Any given right. Time. Yeah. yeah so so now that we've kind of clarified uh that right the um the the idea though is and and again clarify it for me or or, you know clean this up as i as i explain it my uh, uh best i can the idea is that you have certain things that you are born with though right that are innate to you and they fall somewhere i mean roughly i mean there's you know Anytime you, it's always the danger of putting, uh, you know, putting things in buckets because you're like, that's well, right. it's not exactly the bucket, you know, it's kind of in this bucket, whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. But so, but these roughly these 25 buckets that you've kind of broken down into, into um, some, some larger clumpings as well. Yeah. Um, but the idea is that I have within me somewhere on a spectrum, 25 different attributes. I may be higher in some and lower mm-hmm. in others and whatever, but they can also be developed, right? I'm not just necessarily made how I'm made and that's just it.
1: That's correct, and so first of all, there's more than twenty-five. I wrote about twenty-five because it seemed to make sense in terms of the optimal performance. the list is longer than that. I don't know what I, I have never put together an exhausted list that's on true. how many you did put things right? like
0: tall. Tall is not an attribute that's in there, right? <laughs> right, right. So yeah. that's that's a, that's a yeah. good point, and that's something that you that, that I mean, that's the subtitle of the book, right? Is these are things that we we have that would provide optimal. That's right. Yeah. What are those make ones a that very we need... specific distinction between peak performance and optimal performance? We'll ask about that. But go ahead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so again, okay, so there's not there's there's more than 25. But the the 25 that I talk about seemed to as I wrote about them and I, I based this off of the work I did when I was still in the SEAL teams. I actually took when I was in the SEAL teams, when we did it for the command I was at. we basically came up with 36 attributes that we we're looking for uh, for these guys, right. What were that we were looking for? And so, and so I pulled, I dusted that list off and I said, okay, how many of these apply? I wanted to basically, um, I wanted to de-seal it, right? So in other words, if they were very specific to seal stuff, I wanted to take it out and I wanted to make it a little bit more human. Um, and so the, so the 36 kind of was my baseline and I kind of came up with and said, okay, based on this, what are the 25 that makes sense? And so, mm-hmm. and it's funny cause it, it was, that number changed as I was writing. It was it was only twenty five oh, right? at the very end when I decided, okay, this is this is it. This is this is what we're going to talk about, right? Um, so uh, so yeah, but then, and then they've been into these categories. And again, yes, nothing's binary, <laughs> right? But um, right. but what I realized they they started to clump in these categories, which started to make sense. In other words, what are the attributes that make up grit? What are the attributes that make up uh, drive? What are the attributes that make right. up mental acuity? What are the attributes that make up leadership? great leadership and what are the attributes that make up a great teammate or team ability um yeah and so and then there were a couple others that didn't fit they into those categories I call that the, yeah i call yeah. those the others uh yeah. <laughs> because they don't will <laughs> be it's the, the chap- second yeah well no, no the chapter of yeah, the others is oh at the end yeah there's yeah, yeah, yeah. there's yeah, three yeah. the three there's 22 in the in the five categories and then three others that didn't bin properly so i wrote about them separately
0: yeah 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 um and so you, you know you 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 put in those categories, right? Of, of grit and drive and mental acuity. And the way I, the, and not that we're going to sit and just talk about the book uh, necessarily, but the the thing that got me, cause I, I listen to books. I don't read them very often. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more of an audible guy. Um, and uh, the, the thing that got me was right out of the gate, you asked some questions that made me feel like I got kicked in the stones. Yeah, I mean, it, that yeah. hurt. They hurt. And, you know, in F3, one of the things that we really feel like we're trying to do is to create virtuous leaders, to your point, not men who hold positions necessarily, but men Mm -hmm. who will lead and are worthy of being followed uh, and that sort of thing. And, and we feel like one of the, the, the strong underpinnings of all that is preparedness. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and uh, a good leader, we believe, you know, is, is prepared for what he knows will happen. And then, you know, is also ready for the things that he has no hope of knowing that will happen. Right. Right. And so I guess two questions. One is those questions at the beginning of the book, like, oh, you just lost your five-year-old on the, you know, on the subway. And now what, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, uh... right, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, um, where do you, f- I mean, and you can talk to those questions and kind of how those came to you, but, but where do you feel like, knowing these things and, and is there a way i can kind of learn these things about myself how do i determine what attributes i have i guess is what i'm kind of getting to yeah uh, and, then, and then kind of figure that out so that i know what do i need to work on and and how yeah, do i become yeah. better at, at these kinds of things i want to be prepared across all these different uh you know aspects If I
1: can. right and, and honestly sometimes. I would say oftentimes preparedness just means you are you are confident with yourself that you know you'll figure it out once things happen. Right? That's sure. really what a true confidence, as I would define it, is that um, I know that regardless of what the situation, the environment does, um, I will I'll, I'll I'll perform and I'll figure it out. It might be ugly and it might be sure. dirty, but I will figure it out. Right? And that's well, really what feels. I mean, yeah yeah i mean that's really people think of seals as uh, you know sexy shooting skydiving scuba diving all this movie stuff right that's not what seals seals really ultimately what we are are masters of uncertainty we are people who are designed and hyper hyper developed to be dropped into environments of deep uncertainty and figure it out and make things happen Um, that comes from attributes it doesn't come from skills and so Um, So let me just break these two things down just for the audience, so they know, okay, Um, because they do get conflated. Skills are not inherent to our nature. Okay, we're not born with the ability to ride a bike or shoot a gun or or throw a ball. No, yeah, somebody has to. That's right. You get you taught or teach it, whatever. Um, Skills direct our behavior in known situations. Here's how and when to ride a bike or shoot a gun or throw a ball. Because they're visible and kind of didactic in that way, they are very easy to see. And therefore, measure, assess, and test, and score. And you can put stats around them and all that stuff. This is why we get seduced by them, um, especially during hiring process. You can see it. You can feel it. You can write it on resumes. Right. But skills don't tell us is how we're going to show up in uncertainty, challenge, and stress. Because in an unknown environment, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to to apply a known skill. This is when we lean on our attributes. Our attributes are more elemental they're innate okay we're all born with levels of adaptability perseverance situation awareness resilience certainly they develop over time and experience and we can develop them we'll talk about that um, but you can see levels of this of, in, in small children okay sure. um attributes also inform behavior rather than direct or dictate behavior right my son's levels of of uh Perseverance and resilience, for example, informed the way he showed up when he was learning the skill of riding a bike and he was falling off a dozen times doing so. So our attributes inform how we show up. Um, and then finally, because they're hidden in the background, they're hard to see, which means it's almost impossible to measure and assess them, or it's difficult right. to measure and assess them. Right. you can see them the most visibly and viscerally during times of challenge, stress, and uncertainty, when skills fall off the radar and they don't apply this is what made the environment I was in. So, uh, such a great laboratory inside of which to see this stuff, Because everything we do in the seals about seal training is usually about, uh, stress challenge. I'm Right. How do, yeah. How so, do I
0: put you in a horrible situation and let you figure it out?
1: That's right. So Cause that, cause now of,
0: that's so, what we're trying to figure out, right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the yeah. whole purpose of you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, so the, the other thing we, we can, uh, we need to understand is that we all have all of the attributes. So all 25 that I talk about in the book, we all have them. We have all of them, right? The difference in each one of us are the levels to which we have each, right? So, right. So I usually use adaptability, because it's an easy one, right? Adaptability. If, if 10 is high and one is low, okay, I'm about a level eight on adaptability. What does that mean? That means, um, when the environment changes around me outside of my control, it's fairly easy for me to, to roll with it and go with the flow.
0: Okay. Yeah. The example Um, you gave in the book was you walk into target and there's a swimming pool in the middle, right?
1: Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so if that would have (laughs) happened, I'd be like, okay, let me just roll with this and see how it Um, someone else might be a level three on adaptability which means when the same thing happens to them um it's very difficult yeah it's very difficult for now still they're still adaptable we all are um it's just they're just lower on adaptability so so if we were to line these attributes up on the wall as like dimmer switches, and then we'd set our dimmer to wherever we score, right? And we, and we'll talk about it. now. we have an assessment tool on the website that will help you give you a score on all these things. But but our lines, if we were to connect those dots, are, would all look different. They'd all have different squiggles. And so so the first thing we have to understand is that we have to understand how we show up. All right. Um, the way I t- describe this is like human beings are like automobiles. Okay. Um, But some of us are Ferraris, some of us are Jeeps, some of us are SUVs, okay? Now, there's no judgment there because the Jeep can do things the Ferrari can't do and the the Ferrari can do some things that the Jeep can't do. But it would behoove us to lift our hood and figure out what we are because we may in fact be a Jeep that's been trying to run on a Ferrari track or a Ferrari <laughs> that's been running, trying to run on a Jeep right, track, right? right. And, and that might inform us and say, wait a second, this is why I'm miserable. This is why I don't like it. This is why I'm not unfulfilled. I need to take my Jeep and go to a Jeep track. Or it allows you to say, wait a second, okay, I'm actually a Jeep and I want to run on this Ferrari track. Now I know what I need to work on to better run on a Ferrari track as a Jeep. Okay. So this is where we have to start thinking about development of attributes. Now, you can so so you can develop an attribute but it's not the same as a skill right and so quick back of the envelope test to determine whether or not it's an attribute or a skill is to ask yourself this question can i teach it or can it be taught okay if the answer is yes, it's probably a skill. If the answer is no, it's probably an attribute. Here's an example: You could tell me, you'd say, "Rich, hey, I want to, sh- I want to learn how to shoot a pistol and hit a bullseye every time." Okay, well, I could take you out to the range and teach you how to do that within about two hours. Okay, that is a skill. Okay, or you could say, "Hey, Rich, I want to, I want to be more patient or be more, be, be more adaptable." I can't teach you how to do that. Okay, no, you so- could, but.
0: So the difference between being taught a thing or having the ability to develop a thing, but you develop right. it, not necessarily by being taught it, you develop it.
1: So, so, so attributes tested. need to be developed, which means it has to be done. It, it takes self-motivation, self-direction, and it takes a, a, a willingness for that person to deliberately place themselves into environments that test and tease that attribute, right? If you wanna develop your patience, right, you need to go seek environments that test and tease and develop patients, whatever those look like. It might be I'm right. going to go deliberately drive in traffic or. I'm going to stand in the longest line at the grocery store, right? Or I, I always say having kids that'll that'll help develop patients pretty You're fast. Develop
0: better. all of them, yeah. So, <laughs> We're gonna but find out so how much so, grit
1: you have? Yeah. So attributes need to be developed by someone themselves. Okay. Right. The the final point, and I'll shut up and let <laughs> and we'll, we'll move on to the next question. But uh, the final point is um, you don't have to, nor is it realistic to be at high levels on all the attributes. Okay. Um, high on all is not the goal here, right? The idea is in every specific niche, right, there are certain attributes required, right? If you're a Jeep, there's Jeep attributes, right? So, so like the attributes required to be Navy SEAL are just gonna look different than the attributes required to be an accountant or a teacher right. or a physician, right? Um, so sometimes um, you don't also need a lot- will not
0: carry boats on their heads.
1: Right, yeah, totally. Well, right. and even bo- carrying boats on their heads is not gonna show us anything about how they are in that profession, <laughs> right? So, um, but like, so take, I like empathy as an example. Uh, yeah. You know, stand-up comic, for example, doesn't need a lot of empathy. Okay. And in like fact, I would, argue, would have it. I would argue yeah. that I would argue yeah. if you have too much empathy, it'd be actually detrimental to your profession. How do you find funny at a funeral? If you are <laughs> too empathetic, right? Too so about it. You know, yeah, so just because you're low on one doesn't mean it's a bad thing. The idea is to, to look at these things, figure out what engine you're running with, and then and then index that against what you have going on in your life or whatever you, your goals are and say, okay, based on what I'm doing or what I want to be doing, what do I need to work on? And then that list is going to shrink considerably, probably to maybe one or two, right? And then, right. And then you can develop those, right? So to, it, the task is not as hard as we think.
0: Yeah, and I would say that's one of the the messages I feel like I got from from the book and 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 you know, in reading through these things and listening to them, because you do hear some of these things and you're like, "Ooh, that sounds sexy. I'd love to do that more." Well, yeah. the fact is that maybe you're just not wired to be an eight or a ten on this level. And, and so the goal, correct me again, uh, would you say that the goal is not so much to figure out all these attributes or even figure out, well, if I want to be a Navy SEAL, because maybe I am, or maybe I'm not cut out to do it. Uh, right. Thankfully, I'm too old. I'll never have to find out, right? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's not necessarily to even look at the job and go, okay, I'm going to develop just these attributes. yeah The goal really ought to be to figure out which ones do I have naturally that, that are already there. How do I develop those? And then maybe figure out a passable level of many of the others. Is that
1: what, about- whatever, yeah, whatever you might need. And again, and in the context of whatever goals you have, right? I mean, again, I, I you, you bring it up. It's funny. Cause I had a friend of mine. He was not, he's not a SEAL and um but he's a neuroscientist so he knows brains right and he said See, i uh, knew
0: you were hung out with those guys <laughs> i do i you know, I, I hang
1: out with people who are smarter than me that's what i try to do uh just, just so i can learn um yeah. and he said he said rich you have to understand something uh he said most at least men you know look at the seals right and they wonder if they could do it right that's a, that's oh, a, yeah. it's a it's just a huge question um 100%. and 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 the and I'm 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 respectful of that question, right? I mean, the odds are you can't, (laughs) because the the attrition rate is ninety percent, right? So, So the odds aren't good, right? Yeah. But, the, the, but the idea is I, I i would i would actually question someone and say why do you need to figure that out right it's not it's not in the cards unless you're young unless you're 18 unless you're between the ages of 18 and 23 and you actually have a chance to go to seal training then sure go ahead and figure it out but if you're already in a profession it doesn't really matter whether or not yeah. you could be Navy seal uh and like i said the odds are probably against the fact that you could um but that's uh, that doesn't matter the odds are against the fact that i could be a professional athlete of any source i am not <laughs> athletic in any capacity whatsoever. The odds are against me of me being any type of medical practitioner. I just am bad at that stuff. There's a lot of things that I just don't have the attributes for me to excel at. I happen to find a niche where I... Um, where I was able to capitalize on the attributes I had and I've moved now into another niche where it's seemingly it feels good and it feels like I'm, 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 I'm happy with being an author and building a business and so those attributes seem to line up. So I think, I think the responsible thing is we, uh, for, uh, for all of us to do is, is do the self-analysis to ask ourselves, okay, what is it that I want to do? What is it that I'm doing and how can I do better at this regardless of what out there
0: external I may or may not or wished I could have done? Yeah. 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 Um, it's don't bother muting. It's fine. He, okay. Got warned it, yeah. me ahead of time. He was like, you know, <laughs> there's going to be jets flying through I'm there's really, jets flying uh, around, the, yeah. the base. So don't worry <laughs> about that. Um, uh, a couple, a couple last. So now that you've moved on uh, into this yeah. new niche, right? What attributes, I mean, obviously some of them have to be the same ones that you're totally already had. Totally. Yeah, so yeah. How are you using them differently? Cause, and the reason I ask is this, we find a lot of guys and, and the, one of my final questions is going to be around this. Uh, but we find a lot of guys in, in our world in the F3 world who get to this point where, you know, they've, they've had a successful career somewhat, you know, they're kind of in that middle spot where it's like, I've mm-hmm. been promoted a couple times, you know, I've got a couple of kids. i you know, life seems to be going real well. And the things that got me here ain't going to get me there but they are.
1: Yeah. The skills that attributes. got you, the skills that yes. got you here. Yeah. But
0: the attributes, yeah. And, that's, yeah. and so I think that's getting confused thing. and they start feeling like, well, right. maybe I'm just, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm just stuck.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. I, listen, that that is a common problem. And b- by the way, just to make everybody feel better about that, that's what most Navy Seals feel when they finish a career and they have mm. to start. They have to start something new. I mean, talk about putting down. So this is all about putting down one identity and building a new one. Um, and um, and any type of endeavor to do that takes a lot of these attributes. And I would say the primary ones are the grit attributes. Listen, yeah, it took a lot of of the grit attributes. I mean, it took it took all of the grit attributes for me to make it through SEAL training and to be in combat. As as Many times as it was, and to go through a twenty close to twenty-one year career in the Navy SEAL team took all of those grid attributes. Right? I need the same attributes to sit down and write a book, and grind <laughs> it out, and 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 do public speaking, which is completely foreign to me. And I, you know, I had to yeah. learn to be comfortable with it. Right? Um, this is about courage. It's about perseverance. It's about resilience. This is why I love the attributes. It's because the attributes take all this stuff down at the elemental level. Yes, sure, SEALs are gritty, but you know what? There are kids at St. Jude's who have more grit in their little finger than any Navy SEAL I've ever met, right? So yeah. so just because um, you need grit to be a Navy SEAL doesn't mean you don't need grit to do other things. And in fact, you not, might need more grit to do other things. So so if you're someone who is uh, kind of standing at that edge and saying, okay, well, I've done all this and I wanna do, some, do something new, do something different, know that you have the capacity, those same attributes that allowed you to do what you did Utilize those in those new in a new endeavor, and you're going to have to step out to your edges. And that's going to take courage, yeah. adaptability, perseverance and resilience. And then all the all other which ones. Are,
0: yeah, all of which are things that you're going to develop by going through this. this well, and you're going to,
1: right? to hyper develop them now because now you're doing it in a new context. And that's really yeah. the thing. People people um, often get confused You know, to to train and develop something inside of the same context is going to give you mastery, right? But it's going to be, give you mastery inside of that context. No, it's not going to give you mastery of uncertainty. You're going to get really good inside of these conditions, right? So if you take these same things and then and then try to exercise them in a completely different context, you are now hyper developing these attributes because you're you're saying, okay, now I'm going to utilize my grit um, and my and all these things in this whole new thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really cool. That's where we we I mean that's where we stay young, I think, because we're just continually stretching our boundaries.
0: And so your advice to these guys, because that's the thing, right, is we get to this point and we're like um, the mission that we thought we were on, mm-hmm. you know, of, ah, OK, I have I have acquired house mm-hmm. uh, houses of X size. It is the standard size of a man who has accumulated what I have accumulated Excellent. <laughs> at, this, right? at this age. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Ah, OK, I have I have acquired car. Yeah. I have acquired, you know, 401k. I've acquired these things. I've acquired children. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking and going that I thought that was the mission and a right. buddy of mine described it once. And he said, you know, we're like dogs who chase cars caught a car and now have no idea. We're like, Oh, I don't even have opposable thumbs. I don't know yeah, like, yeah, what am I yeah. supposed to do now? Yeah. Um, and so the, I, I think it seems like to me, cause that's a lot of the work that I do in my, in my personal you know, business life as well uh, is trying to help men figure this out. Right. It, it seems to me that knowing these attributes would be enormously helpful in directing a man in the things that he may be innately good at doing. Is that a fair statement?
1: Uh, yes. And I, but I'll add that it also it would also help direct a man in understanding what he's not as good at and helping him deal with that better, right? If I know, listen, so so mental acuity attributes, I won't go through all of them. One of them sure. is learnability. Learnability is the uh, one's ability to process and metabolize those lessons that we're we're taking in, you know, uh, on a daily or whatever basis. Okay, mm-hmm. um, those who are high on learnability. Tends to be the people that you tell someone you tell them how to do something and they got it like the first time they only need to be told once they don't make Mm -hmm. the same mistake twice. Okay, Um, I am low on learnability. (laughs) Okay, I recognize (laughs) that in myself when I was in some some uh, certain aspects of seal training, I would make the same mistakes over and over again before it got into my thick skull not to do it. Okay. It's just how I show up. Okay. Yeah. Instead of damning it and kind of being all uh, sullen about it and, you know, and basically, you know, getting myself out of the program because of that, I just had to try harder. I had to do more. I had to study harder. I had to stay afterwards and, and memorize. I know that about myself. I'm just not someone who picks something up very quickly. Okay. Yeah. Nothing I can do about it other than to do better. So that's what that's, it helps and rather
0: me. than kick yourself in the face about it and be like, Oh, I'm a piece of crap. Right. I'm no good. Right. No. No,
1: just 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 work with it and, and try to develop it. Sure, I mean I, you know you know I can I can you know I, I'm okay on learnability. I'm okay for what I'm doing now. But listen, if if what you want to do. Requires uh, a, a healthy dose of adaptability, for example, and you are low on that, you're going to want to develop it. You're going to want to work on developing it. Um, same thing with discipline, right? Or, or yeah. open mindedness or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Well, and you described in the book too, if I remember right, like you, you, because you knew this thing about you in terms of learnability, you spent a lot of extra hours. Totally. Going yeah. through and redoing and redoing. Going through. I remember.
1: I remember in one in one of the training courses we were, we were learning close quarter combat, which is you know the art and science of, of clearing a room, clearing rooms and buildings. To go either rescue a, a, a hostage or or uh, or find a bad guy, right? This is a very dynamic, fast-paced exercise, right? I mean, you are moving fast, thinking fast, making decisions, split-second decisions. You're you're shooting in ways that are very precise, and you're moving in very specific ways throughout those those uh, those rooms. Um, and for me, it was like, holy shit! This was like it was a it was a real deluge of information, and I remember from I, I remember that I I do a day of training, and then we'd go and we'd put our clean our guns, put everything away, and there'd be a bunch of guys who'd go out and drink, and I wouldn't because right. right? I couldn't, you know. They they knew it, right? I'd go back and I'd like <laughs> walk the rooms and I'd visualize, and I'd think about it, right? Because I had to do that, and I was for sure. I was like, I'd love to go have a beer right now, but hey, that's yeah. just not who I am, right? I mean, you know, for some people, writing is extremely hard. I find writing pretty fun and easy. Okay, that's cool, right? It's just it's just something I found. We all have these yeah. things that are, are good and bad. Just work with what you got.
0: Uh, we're almost at our time, so a couple last questions. One, uh, describe just in, in kind of high-level detail, because I love this term, dynamic subordination. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is, I'm glad you brought this up because this is what all leaders need to understand is how, in fact, a high performing team operates. And it's not um, the hierarchical pyramids. It's not the flatness. It's not the, the, it's not even the upside down servant leadership thing. Okay. Uh, Dynamic subordination is a concept um, where a team understands that problems and challenges and issues can come at that team from any angle at any moment, and when one does, the person who is the closest to the problem and the most capable immediately steps up and takes charge, and everybody follows. Right? It's a dynamic swap between leader and follower. I also call it alpha swapping because that's another way to put it. Right? Um, this is this is how SEAL teams operate. Right? Um, I yes, I was the officer in charge. I was the officer, right, in charge of all of my missions. Okay in a hierarchical sense, I was the most senior guy. I was the highest ranking. If, if, you, if there were a pyramid, I would be at the top. I, I was very rarely um, being supported. Like guys were very rarely supporting me. Most of the time I was supporting them, right? I was supporting my snipers and what they had to do. I was supporting my breaches and what, doing what I needed to do so that they could do their job, right? Sometimes if the situation warranted, they were supporting me to do my job, right? But it constantly swapped, you know, a great way to put this in a in a um, kind of a layman's example would be the captain, uh, an airline, right? The captain of an airline um, is undisputably the person in charge, right? No one will argue that. Okay. however, if that if that captain is taxiing out to takeoff and gets a call from the maintenance guy and the maintenance guy says, hey, I found a problem. You need to turn around. No captain worth their wings is going to ignore that. Okay, right. they're immediately going to support. You know who I am. Yeah, they're going to subordinate to that maintenance guy and turn that plane around. All mm-hmm. Right, plane gets to the gate. They realize, okay, we have to actually deplane so we can fix it. Captain doesn't take charge of that either. Immediately, this flight attendant steps up, and the captain is in support of the flight attendant who takes charge, takes lead on deplaning the plane. Right, so this is a dynamic subordination environment. It, you create an environment of trust of vulnerability. And vulnerability, by the way, means showing your strengths and your weaknesses. I can see it. I wear it all on my sleeve so my teammates can understand it, even as the leader. So that as the situation changes, we're just ebbing and flowing. We are like a flock of birds or a school of fish.
0: So when when you say that, though, it seems like it only really applies in emergency situations when you first hear it. Right.
1: right? But that's not the case. Because because again, right. er, anything, anything can happen, I mean, anything and everything that happens, You don't, it's not, it's not assumed that you're the best person to deal with it. Right. Especially as the leader, I mean, you, you're developing your teams like, okay, that's going to hit there. That person deals with that. But now I'm in support of that person. Oh, it just changed. Now we're in support of that person. It's, it takes a. it takes a real humility, right? This is where arrogance kills, right? You can't have arrogance in a dynamic coordination environment because arrogance, um, is, is an assumption of one's ability that is incorrect. So that the arrogant person will get in the way of the person who can actually step up and the arrogant person won't support the person who does step up, right? So okay. so it's a, there's a humility, there's a um, there's a vulnerability, there's a trust level. Uh, and I tell you what, when you get it humming, when, when you have a team that hums like that, it is a thing of beauty. And that is one of the things I miss the most, I think, about uh,
0: the SEAL teams. Because it is something that doesn't really exist in our, our corporate structures uh, right. as we have them, yeah. Yeah, but but it seems like, and, and I would contend that it could.
1: I to, it totally could. You know, Look. again, again, and the dynamic subordination environment is not an abdication of responsibility or even authority. I mean, all right. it is is it's a it's an understanding that the environment is going to dictate what is required, not yeah. necessarily the leader, you know, and or that's, the person and that's what
0: turn. I like about the, the term. And, and I think the, the concept, too, is it's not just even subordination members of the team, but it's a, an, an acknowledgment that the entirety of the team is in subordination to the mission.
1: And And yeah, yes, yes. And I would say it, it applies to every team we're on. So a team, this is another thing we have to understand and leaders need to understand this, too. The definition of a team is simply this. Any group of two or more people working together towards a common goal or objective, that's it, right? So sure you can find high performing teams and SEAL teams and athletic teams and all that stuff. A high performing team is also a great marriage. It's a group of friends on a trip, right? It's a, it's a group of, of, of colleagues working on a project, right? And when you can start to understand an alpha swapping environment, where you're stepping up when you need to step up it becomes seamless my wife and i joke about this all the time and i hate this we've always hated the the term who wears the pants in the family it's so <laughs> stupid right and the answer yeah. is whoever needs to wear the pants in the moment whatever the pant whatever wearing the pants right. means it's stupid right.
0: right we always just say we're nudists
1: <laughs> that's perfect yeah right yeah. i mean here's an example i am inherently patient okay that's yeah. just that's one of my attributes is of i'm high on patience One of my wife's attributes is she's high on impatience. Okay. She, I'm patient. She's in. So it's worked beautifully for us, right? When patience is required in our family situation. I step up and take yes. lead, right? When impatience is required, she steps up and takes yes. lead and I support her, right? Because she just moves so fast, right? And so, yeah. and that's a constant swapping. Neither of us, I mean, especially when we have teenagers, I mean, teenagers is like, man, you better have your shit together <laughs> when your kids become oh, yeah. teenagers, right? Because yeah. you have to have that stuff. I mean, we've had, as te- with teenage boys, there's times where my wife's like, listen, I'm out. This is there. This is this. None of this. None of what I got is working. You have to step in. I, I step yes. in and sometimes it's same, sometimes it's the reverse. Right. And that's where you really are humming, um, as a team.
0: So no, it's, I love that you said that. And, and it's, I, it, everything you described is right there in my head because it's, well, it's, well, it's the flip for us. I'm the impatient one and my wife's the patient one. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when it, when it comes down to, and we, I've had to use different language with my kids, even just to make sure that they understand that I'm not angry. Right. You know, I'm like, no, no, no dad's just in business mode right now because there's something that needs to get done. <laughs> right. So we're I'm going to speak in very direct terms and it's going to be very curt, you know, that, right. Yeah. And my wife is, you know, and it's, I have three girls, you know, teenagers as well. And so when the time comes and it's time for patience and a whole other problem set for hours, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, ha 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 ha. ha. Yeah. Hey, I think <laughs> you should tell your mom. Like, <laughs> right. We're going to be right. right. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. So, uh, okay. Last, last questions. Cause then we're, we're, we are out of time. Uh, you're there in uh, in in uh, Virginia Beach area, mm-hmm. and are you around this weekend?
1: Am I around this weekend? I I am. Although it's a Halloween weekend, which is a it's a busy it's a very busy weekend here at the household. Halloween is the favorite season. Is the going to be Halloween? doing
0: anything Halloweeny at somewhere around like I don't know you know six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning on on Saturday.
1: Oh, I don't know. I have to see. Is there something? There's something. This is leading somewhere. You're. This is. These are leading. Can you questions. smell
0: that coming? <laughs> <laughs> the chances are good, Rich, that there's an F three workout happening yeah, somewhere yeah. around that time, somewhere nearby you. So, if I it, sent you that, would you consider?
1: Here's what I'll tell you. I, yeah. I, I actually would love to do an F three workout. However, I just found out that I probably need surgery on my C five C six. Yeah. Okay. Pick so back so what I I'm said. Gonna, Forget so let me, let me, whole... <laughs> let me take, let me just get to, uh, have a talk with my, uh, the, the the, the, um, the neurosurgeon here and see what I can yeah. do as soon as that's fixed. I will, I definitely want to do one of these things with you. So the answer is yes. Let me just, let me get my back, right. Good. And then we'll Good. do it. So Good.
0: And will you also let me know when that is so I can, uh,
1: I totally will. That. I listen, I, I really value our friendship. I'm, I'm so glad Torian introduced us. We, we I mean, Torian, if you're listening, buddy, we love you, man. What, I mean, Same. what, a what a great human being that guy is, but the, yeah. the fact that he introduced us is awesome. And so we will keep in touch. Let's keep talking. And yes, okay. we will, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get to one of the Virginia beach,
0: workouts as soon as possible. <laughs> now that I've said that those guys are going to be relentless. So yeah, I know just they, will, <laughs> they will. But, um, hey, man, Rich Diviny, uh, just a pleasure to talk to you again, man, and, and to see you and, uh, glad everything's going well. I'm glad you're busy and, and, uh, let me know how the back goes as well. Um, a pleasure having you on today and I hope everybody learned a little something. Well, thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there, 43 feet at a time.